Shalom and welcome to this week's Think Jewish. Today's title is Holy Smoke, Understanding How to Bring God into Our Smoke. The 19th day of the Hebrew month of Kislev is celebrated as the Rosh Hashanah of Hasidism. It was on this date in the year 1798 that the founder of Chabad Hasidism, Rabbi Schneer Zalman of Liadi, who lived from 1745 to 1812, was freed from his imprisonment in Tsarist Russia. More than a personal liberation, this was a watershed event in the history of Hasidism, heralding a new era in the revelation of the inner soul of Torah. Concerning this event, Rabbi Schneir Zalman wrote a letter to his Hasidim which was dated, and I quote, The day which God has made for us, day of 19th of Kislev, Tuesday in which God pronounced during creation twice, it is good, day of, great, of the great Hilula, anniversary of day of passing, of our holy Rebbe, Rabbi Dov Ber of Mizrich, Rebbe of Rabbi Schneir Zalman, his soul resides in Eden, end quote. Four descriptions to the date. In 1965, the Rebbe delivered a mimer, a Hasidic discourse, exploring the Kabbalistic hidden intentions of Rabbi Schneir Zalman in dating the letter as such and its practical direction to us. The date is made up of two categories, totaling four descriptions. Category 1 which is the most important description used is, I quote, the day which God has made for us, end quote. This refers to the miracle of Rabbi Schneir Zalman of being liberated from his imprisonment in Tsarist Russia. Category 2 of the descriptions of the date is made up of three descriptions, which are A, Day of 19th of Kislev. B. Tuesday in which God pronounced during creation twice it is good. And C. Day of the great Hilula, anniversary of day of passing of our holy Rebbe, Rabdober of Mazrich, Rebbe of Rabshner Zalman, his soul resides in Eden. So we have four descriptions broken into two categories. The first one in the first category describes the day as the day which God has made for us. Then in the second category, he lists another three, the day of the month, the day of the week, and the fact that this is the anniversary of the day of the passing of his Rebbe. In understanding the Kabbalistic secrets in the date, the Rebbe in 1965 introduces another Kabbalistic concept, the concept of holy smoke. What is holy smoke? Concerning the service of the high priest, bringing incense into the Holy of Holies on the Yom Kippur, we are taught that the house of the Holy of Holies must fill with ashan, which is the Hebrew word for smoke. 
The three Hebrew letters that make up the word Ashan are 1. Ayin, 2. Shin, and 3. The letter Nun. These three letters serve as an acronym of the three aspects that define the criteria of creation. Ayin, the first letter, stands for the Hebrew word Olam, which means world. That's the criteria of place. The second letter, Shin, stands for the Hebrew word Shana, year, the criteria of time. The third and last letter, the Nun, stands for the Hebrew word Nefesh, soul, the criteria of life. Thus, let's go back to that service. The high priest, which is the epic of all souls, was bringing incense in the Holy of Holies, the epics of all place, on the Yom Kippur day, which is the epic of all time. So it's the secret of Ashan, smoke, place, time, and life. In order to understand the secret of the date description that Rabbi Schneir Zalman is using in his letter, we will have to first go deeper into the mystical secrets of Ashan. We're going to get Kabbalistic now on three different dimensions before we're going to bring it into the practical. I also want to use this opportunity to elaborate a little bit on these three different Kabbalistic concepts so that we can have an understanding of what they are. When we seek into the Kabbalistic layers of any concept, we will look into the way it exists in the Holy Ten Emanations, layer number one. As it exists in the lower worlds and higher worlds, that is layer number two. And sometimes we are fortunate, as in this teaching, and we study how it exists in the primordial stage of the pre-contraction, the pre-tsimtsum. That is the third stage. Hasidus will then come along after this Kabbalistic explanations and take the concept and drive it home as it exists within our soul. And, most importantly, how it expresses itself in how we should live life. So let's begin with the emanations. However, I would like to first take a moment to understand what these ten emanations are. They're discussed so often all over Kabbalistic teachings. The infinite light has no form or shape, neither physical or spiritual. The infinite light has neither intellect nor emotions. It is simplicity. So, how did there come to be from the simplicity of the infinite light a complex universe? The answer is the transformer. What is the transformer? The transformer is the ten emanations. A metaphor that I use to explain this is of the colorless sunlight shining through a multicolored stained glass window. The original light of the sunlight has no color. However, once it shines through the colored glass, the recipient on the other side of the 
colored, multicolored stained glass receives colored light. So too, the ten emanations serve as the colored stained glass window with the different colors of kindness, justice, compassion, etc. By the infinite light, which is simplicity without form or shape, shining through the ten emanations, each one having a specific form and shape, divinity now takes on these intellects and emotions of the ten emanations for the recipient. Thus, from simplicity of the infinite light, we now have complexity of the universe. Now let us return to the concept of the three layers of smoke within the ten emanations. The ten emanations are made of two categories. There is category number one, the three intellects, and category number two, the seven emotions. Each of these categories is made up primarily of two categories, the masculine and the feminine. Within category number one, the intellect, wisdom is the masculine, while understanding is the feminine. And within the category number two, the emotions, the first six, which is called small faces, which represents the six days of work, the predator, are the masculine. While the seventh, which represents Shabbat, is the feminine mystique of kingship. One more detail of the ten emanations for our lecture is that most often wisdom is defined as the divinity level, which tonight we're going to refer to later on as the fourth dimension, being absolutely transparent to the infinite light that shines through it. Thus, while it's one of the emanations, we really refer to it as divinity and therefore we have left the three categories of emanations. Understanding, the six small faces, and the kingship. Thus, let us see the three layers of the smoke, the ashan, the olam shana nefesh, world, place, time, and soul as they exist within the ten emanations. First one, nefesh, soul, life, represents the great broadness of divinity within creation. And this represents the emanation of understanding. The body of the world was created in seven days from the seven emotion emanation, while understanding represents greater than the body of creation. It is the soul layer of creation. Number two, Olam, which is world, the criteria of place, represents the small faces, the six male emotion emanations. The first and driving male emotion emanation is kindness. The verse states that the world was created by kindness. We refer to the world as the six days of creation because it came about through the six male em emanations. And thus we refer to the six male emanations as olam, the world, the criteria of place. The third criteria, shana, year, the criteria of time, represents the feminine mystique of kingship. You may recall that in our prayers we say, most often we sing it, 
What it means is, God is king. God was king. God will be king. There is no other one of the ten emanations in which we express the concept of time, past, present, and future. We do not say concerning kindness, for example, that God was kind, God is kind, God will be kind. The reason for this is that the concept of time begins with the tenth emanation of kingship. Thus, the tenth emanation is the third category of Shana, year, the criteria of time. Let us now move on from the ten emanations to the worlds, the lower worlds and the higher worlds. Yes, this is Kabbalistic. Please bear with us and you'll soon see how this all fits into a beautiful teaching of how to practically live our life and to liberate ourselves from our personal prison of smoke. Let us move along. We will now look at Ashan, smoke, the three levels, as it exists within the worlds. However, First, let us take a general look at the spiritual worlds. Once again, we're going to take our time, a moment, to explain this notion which is so mentioned so many times throughout Kabbalah, the concept of worlds, the spiritual worlds. Generally speaking, in Kabbalah, the worlds are divided into three worlds. One, Bria, which means creation, ex nihilo. The second world, Yetzirah, which means formation, the concept of self-identity. And the third world, Asiyah, which translates into action, which is the realm of arrogance. These three worlds are called worlds of separation, as they have stepped out of the unity with God and out of the absolute transparency to divinity. Above these three worlds, there exists Atzilut, the fourth dimension, which is the world of unity, which although it is called a world, nevertheless it is seen as a manifestation of divinity. As you will recall, in the emanations we said this about wisdom, at the fourth dimension, divinity, so too in the worlds there is the fourth dimension, which is divinity, the world of Atzilut. The concept of these three worlds and the fourth dimension exist in the lower particular level of worlds and they also exist in the higher general level where they represent the entire evolution of worlds from the infinite light to our finite physical world. Let me explain this for a moment. When we talk about the entire evolution from the infinite light to our physical world that entire evolution, even though there's an infinite amount of worlds, really divides itself into three categories of these three general worlds. The creation ex nihilo, the formation self-identity, and the action arrogance. However, also besides the general categorization of the entire uh, evolution of the worlds which is from the infinite light until our physical world, there is also the last three particular individual worlds, which are the final worlds of creation ex nihilo, formation self-identity, 
and action arrogance. Action arrogance has its physical, its spiritual level, and then that is the actual physical level which you and I physically live in. Let's move along. On both levels, on the particular level of the lowest spiritual worlds and on the global general level of all the spiritual worlds and realms, these three worlds represent once again holy smoke, the Ashan. Let's see how that works. The world of Bria in its simplicity of being simply an ex nihilo mass, a something, represents the greatness of nefesh, soul, life. The world of Ayitira in its self-identity, not simplicity, it now has a form, but it's also not arrogant, is Olam, the concept and criteria of place. The world of Asiya, in its totality of its separation from humility, represents the separation of Shana, year. So there you go, you have the three worlds, and they make up once again the three criterias of creation of the entire universe. The simple, the simplicity of ex nihilo mass, which is soul life. The more defined formation of self-identity, which is world place. And then the absolute arrogance, absolute separation from humility, which is Asiya, which represents Shana, time. Now in this teaching, there's something very beautiful. We're going to take it up a notch to the way it existed pre-contraction. Allow me for a moment just to explain what contraction represents, okay? So let's talk for a moment about what this means. Ultimately, the reason why these three levels of holy smoke, Ashan, exists within the world of creation is because they exist within the infinite light as she existed before the Tzimtzum contraction of light. Let us first define the concept of Tzimtzum, the contraction of the infinite light, a very, very oft-used concept in Kabbalah. In the simplest concept of this Tzimtzum, see it as God creating a one-way mirror between himself and creation. This is where the dualism of creator and creation begins. Before the Tzimtzum, there was only the creator, and all existed within him. Thus, it was all one. Now, the Tzimtzum, that one-way mirror, creates that there is a paradigm of separation. While from God's point of view, it is a transparent glass, nothing changed, and all still exists within God. Nevertheless, from creation's point of view, the mirror denies it to see beyond itself, and it therefore sees itself separated and outside of its creator. This is why, as, previously, as discussed previously, the global general understanding of the worlds is that pre-Tzimtzum is the fourth dimension, Atzilut, the world of unity, the world of divinity, while post-Tzimtzum is the world of separation, descending layer beneath layer 
of the Bria creation ex nihilo, the Yetzira formation self-identity, and the Asiya action arrogance. What we are now exploring is that everything that exists post Tzimtzum, these three layers of the worlds, these three layers of the emanation, must have existed at some refined level in the pre Tzimtzum. Therefore, even though we generally say that pre Tzimtzum only God exists, nevertheless Kabbalah defines it as, and I want to quote the sentence in Kabbalah now, there was, we're talking about pre-Timtum, before the contraction. There was he and his name alone. And thus we have here too the three levels within the infinite light within God pre-Timtum. A, he, the essence of the infinite light, which is nefesh, the soul, the life. B, his name, which is the infinite expression of the light, which is Olam, the criteria of place, and C, the word alone. There was He, A, and His name, B, alone, C. Alone represents the finite expression of the light. The infinite light has three layers, the essence of the light and the expression of the light. The expression of the infinite light has two layers. There is the infinite expression and the finite expression. What contraction does is it holds back the infinite expression so that there's only the finite expression and now we can create the finite world. So there you go. The holy smoke exists even before the contraction. However, let's add on one point. Here too there is also the fourth dimension, that world of unity and divinity, which is the essence, not the essence of the light, but the essence, the source, God Himself, from which the infinite light and all her three levels come forth from. Let's talk about this in simple levels. I know we're getting very Kabbalistic here and I'm taking my time to actually really set the foundation for all of us for these huge fundamental concepts mentioned over and over the emanations, the worlds, the upper worlds, the lower worlds, the pre-symptom, he, his light, his name and his uh, were alone. So, however, before I continue with all these spiritual concepts and what smoke means, let's just get really a simple understanding of what smoke is. The entire process of creation on every level, whether it be in the pre-symptom infinite light, the worlds, the emanation, or even in the characteristics of the individual human being, is all about one thing. God created the world for one concept. The transformation from total selfless transparency of unity to God to the separation of total arrogance from God. That's what God was looking for. To go from total selfless transparency, God is everything, everything is God, everything is one, 
The purpose of creation is to go from there and transform into the ultimate separation of total arrogance. This transformation defines itself always in three levels, one lower than the previous. It begins with the separation of simple creation mass. That's the notion of soul of smoke, in which there is mostly humility, but it nevertheless does not see itself as total abnegation of self-identity. And it does not see itself as total unity and transparency to God. Remember, even though it's the simplicity of mass, it is after the one-way mirror. So it does not see total abnegation of self-identity, total unity with God. It sees itself as I. Simple I, but I. Yes, there is a deep and subservient service of gratitude and acknowledgement, but it begins with I serve God, I love God, etc. Then this descends into the second and lower level in which the self-identity gets stronger. There is now a form within self. It's not no more simplistic mass. What does this mean on the human level? It is where there are stronger, incl stronger inclinations to different types of serving God. The one that I enjoy doing and the one that I don't enjoy doing. When that, in other words, that while I'm still serving God, now when self-identity becomes stronger, the total equality of serving God doesn't matter. make a difference what I'm doing. If God wants it, I equally do it. That diminishes. And the I enjoy praying more. Another person enjoys studying more. Another person enjoys doing commandments which man to man. Another person enjoys doing the commandments about man to God. Yes, ultimately speaking, the person will capitulate to God's will. But there is a stronger sense of self-identity. What I enjoy doing, what I gravitate to doing, and what I don't. This is Yitzirah, the second layer, which is formation, self-identity. And in smoke, it represents place. The final st stage of transformation into a separated creation, arrogance, from his creator is Asiyah action, arrogance, coarseness, and this is the criteria of time, total separation of past, present, and future. At this lowest level of descent into the I, the arrogance of self grows to a point of lack of submissiveness, and the creation in his final decision is capable of disagreeing with God and not doing what God wants. Now, obviously, there's going to be a question which we're going to have to deal with. Why would God want to create from selfless, transparency, unity, divinity? Why is God's desire to create from that, transform from that into the absolute arrogance of separation? We will deal with that. But first, this lecture teaching takes a very interesting twist we now go to the story of noah and his ark why noah and his ark mm. 
The verse tells us that Noah was commanded to build the ark three stories high. The top floor was for Noah and his family, the humans. Ah, nefesh, soul, life criteria. The second floor was for the animals, formation, self-identity, the concept of place. And the bottom floor was for the garbage. That is coarseness, the criteria of time, total separation. Okay, very well. All we really did here was just take the same teaching and apply it to another story, the concept of Noah's Ark. But however, here in this teaching, it takes us to the next level. What did God do right after Noah finished building the Ark? God commanded Noah to enter into the Ark, into the smoke, into the three layers the three criterias of creation. This is a whole new dimension to the teaching. What does Noah entering into the ark represent? What does this notion of Noah represent? Until now, we only spoke of the fourth dimension, the world of unity and divinity, that it exists and that it is not part of the worlds of separation. However, now, when we talk about God commanding Noah that he should enter into the ark of creation, the worlds of separation, smoke, we are now defining the purpose and mission of creation. The purpose of the entire contraction and transformation of creation from absolute humility, transparency, unity, divinity, to an absolute arrogance and separation was all in order to create a preciousness. What is this preciousness? It is where creation gets to use absolute freedom of choice. While there is absolute self-abnegation, while there is absolute unity, transparency, divinity, there is no freedom of choice. One cannot tell God no. It is only through this process of the transformation, the layers of smoke getting more and more arrogant and separated from God. Now in the lowest level here in this physical world of separation and arrogance, we have freedom of choice. And why does God want us to have freedom of choice? Because then we are able to have this unbelievable, precious relationship with God where we bring humility, unity, and transparency into the ultimate world of arrogance and separation. That is the desire and pleasure of God. God went through all that smoke so that we can have the freedom of choice to tell God no which allows for the preciousness in us telling God yes and bringing God, Noah, so to speak, into the ark. When the Jew allows for the essence of his soul to enter into his paradigm of intellect, his feelings, and his actual thought, speech, and actions, this is the greatest of all miracles that we perform for God. God created the world of arrogance and separation and we with our freedom of choice go ahead and transform that world 
into the ultimate home of the essence of God. We do that when we take our freedom of choice of our intellect, our feelings, our thoughts, speech, and actions, and we drive the essence of our soul, the ultimate faith and oneness with God, into them, expressing itself through them, and suddenly we're a human being living a divine and spiritual life. Now let us go back to the four dates that Rabbi Schneer Zalman is introducing his letter of liberation with. Here, my dear friends, in these four dates, we're about to see how Rabbi Schneer Zalman gives us the keys to our prison of smoke to be able to celebrate our own liberation. Let us see. The first layer of definitions 19th day of Kislev, Tuesday, in which it says twice it is good. The day of the great anniversary of the day of passing of our holy Rebbe. And then let's now dissect these to everything we just heard about smoke. Because these three dates is smoke. The day of 19th of Kislev, this is time. Asiyah the actual separation, the ultimate coarseness. Tuesday, in which God pronounced during creation, twice it is good. This is concerning the six days of creating the world. This is the six male emotions, the formation, the criteria of place. The day of the great anniversary of His Holy Rebbe, that is the criteria of soul life. However, all of these are to serve the main purpose. What is the purpose of these three dates? The three definitions of the smoke of creation. It is about this time, the place, the soul. That all exists for one purpose. It is the ark of the three stories and it exists for Noah comes into the ark. We bring the world of unity, transparency, divinity into the smoke. This main purpose is the primary distinction of the date. The day which God has made for us, let us rejoice in it. Now we understand that in the very date, the Alter Rebbe is telling us the secret of liberation of self. We don't need to live in the prison of time, space, and personality of our soul. We can experience this is the day which God has made for us. Ah, how is this done? How does one enter into the ark? How does one bring God into the smoke? For this, let us look at what Rabbi Schneer Zalman did in order to bring about his own liberation. Let's talk about what was the cause of his imprisonment in Tsarist Russia. Rabbi Schneer Zalman, his ultimate sacrifice was to leave the comfort of his own spirituality and to care for another Jew. As for himself, the Tsar had no issues with Rabbi Schneer Zalman personally. The arrest came about for a very interesting concept. Rabshneer Zalman was tried of treason. Why? 
because there was a war. There was a Turkey-Russian war going on. And Reb Schneir Zalman was really raising funds and sending it to the Holy Land to feed and clothe the poor. The Holy Land was then under the Ottoman Empire, Turkey. And Reb Schneir Zalman was sending money to the Holy Land, which was within the enemy's territory, Turkey. And thus Rabbi Schneir Zalman was tried for treason by the Tsar of Russia. So too, on the spiritual level, the Baal Shem Tov and the Mazritcha Magid, the two saintly teachers that were already passed away, they appeared to Rabbi Schneir Zalman in prison and they told him and they notified him that the spiritual reason for his arrest was because he is teaching the esoteric secrets of the Torah, his teachings of Hasidus to the masses. Let me stop for a moment and explain. The Baal Shem Tov started Hasidus. His successor and disciple, Rabbi Dov Ber, continued that. However, they were very careful to teach the mystical teachings only to their inner circle of students. To the masses, they told stories. They brought out faith. They brought out joy through stories. But they didn't give the secrets of the teachings to the illiterate. They didn't give it to the masses who were living very physical, pursuing lives. And thus, when Rabbi Schneer Zalman changed that, he wrote the Tanya so that every one of us can start understanding and digesting the secrets of the Torah in heaven there was an uproar and therefore Rabbi Schneer Zalman was arrested. Thus, what we're hearing here is that Rabbi Schneer Zalman of Laadi, to have remained within his, in, within his own holy service to God, he would have been left in peace. However, the total self-sacrifice of Rabbi Schneer Zalman for the physical and spiritual well-being of his fellow was what brought the smoke to an uproar. This self-sacrifice of stepping out of one's personal relationship with God to serve the well-being of others is how we bring Noah into the ark. It's how we bring the essence of God into the smoke. This is how we bring about the miracle of the day which God has made for us. It is through the self-sacrifice of self for another for their physical and spiritual well-being by stopping just to work on our own spiritual perfection and to step out and help a poor person eat. How about listening to someone who just has a heavy heart? Imagine closing the prayer book, stopping to pray because someone needs you to listen to their troubles. Imagine stopping to study Torah in order to help fundraise for a young family that is starving. This is spirituality. This is how we have the liberation of the prison of smoke, of being locked into our selfish decep deception of time, space, and characteristics. In closing, the lesson of the secret of the dates upon Rabbi Schneer Zalman's letter of redemption is now clear to us. Regardless of how hard we work on our self-perfection, regardless of how hard we work on our own spirituality, 
we will always remain within the limitations of creation as defined by the ego of smoke. The only way out of the bondage of self is through caring about another and practically helping another. This is the secret of liberation to bringing Noah into the ark, the essence of God into our world. This is the way to create the day which God has made for us.